Welcome to this week's edition of Hockey Unfiltered, the podcast with Ken Campbell. I'm Dylan Waugh. I'm the sidekick. I am the whoever the Vancouver Canucks hired second from whoever the Vancouver Canucks hired first that particular year. Today we're going to be talking about, well, maybe the Vancouver Canucks. Also, we're going to be talking about the Carolina Hurricanes fighting after clean hits and something else. Pat Quinn stories. Pat Quinn stories. <laughs> I'm keeping it flawless first time. Yeah. You needed to come in with an assist, but that was that was that was a work of art. It really, eh? You don't yeah, well you, you, think, you yeah. know you you get the energy right, and that's the most important thing. It doesn't matter what you say. Correct. You know? Haven't you ever listened to Drive Time Talk Radio? I'm talking loudly into a microphone. <laughs> bam, 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 bam. You know? No, I for that reason. Yeah, well, <laughs> oh, so you don't want this podcast? We to should turn have into, a barrel, 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 barrel we, sound oh, effect. That'd I hated. Good. You know what? I won't say. Never mind. Just forget it. Forget I said anything. But I, I hate it when I hear that. Okay. Especially when it's, and no offense to either of us here, two old white guys using it. Let's, yeah. <laughs> come on, come on. Enough's enough. Um, but yeah, we got a lot to talk about. But before we do. Before we do, you should check out kencampbell.subset.com. You can get this podcast directly into your inbox every week. You can get Ken's excellent writing, Ken's okay writing, and Ken's good writing. All all of the above. And my shite writings. I didn't, you know yeah. what? I never, I didn't say that. <laughs> I know. I, you said it. Yeah. So, anyway, so I'm here with my best buddy in the whole wide world, Ken Campbell. No one, no, no one else I'd rather spend a Thursday afternoon with. Yeah, and and apparently we're going to go out for lunch and buy hockey sticks after. (laughs) Does that not sound like just a lovely day? It's just beautiful out there today. It is. It is. It's a very nice day. Yeah. So, anyways, uh, conversations get off the rails. Let's start by talking about the uh, Carolina Hurricanes. Yeah, okay. You want to start with them or the Vancouver Canucks? Oh, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Those two, I think, uh, are equally interesting. But the real question is, and I, I don't think that it's a long conversation with the Carolina Hurricanes, although we might find a way to make it long. <laughs> <laughs> As we are wont to do. Yes. <laughs> uh, but the real question with the, with the Carolina Hurricanes boils down to this. Svechnikov is out. Yeah, for uh, this season. They're saying torn MCL, or torn ACL, pardon me. Yeah, and he's not coming back. Like, he's not yeah. coming, even if they... Go to Game Seven of the Stanley Cup Final. Yeah, he, he ain't coming back. Yeah, I. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's how I would weight it if I were betting on DraftKings, the official sponsor <laughs> of the NHL. Uh, um, but yeah, so the real question is: Do you still consider them legitimate Stanley Cup contenders? Do okay. Do you consider them legitimate, dark horse, or no longer contenders? I consider them legitimate. Interesting. Yeah, like I, I still think they can contend. Hot take, uh, Ken Campbell. Yeah. No, but but like like I, I mean, they're less legitimate than they were before. Um, well, yeah, of you course. know, I mean, that's a huge loss uh, for them. Yeah, you know, but but I, there's a couple of things I think that are are working, you know, sort of in their favor, and that is that I think, and I never thought I'd say this, but Yasperi Kotkaniemi's playing well. He is playing he's well. Actually, he's actually starting to make an impact. He's and making me feel good about the fact that I always defended him as a pick for Montreal. Yeah. And was sad that Montreal lost him. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. But I think I think the the Hurricanes are are good enough defensively and if they play the right goalie in the playoffs aka not Frederick Anderson. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh I think I think they they can shut it down enough to make up for that loss of offense. Yeah. That they're that they're going to have from Svechnikov. Yeah. Um but but I I just, you know, I'm really I really feel like, you know, Carolina has you know, done a lot of good things and they've made a lot of good moves. Uh, and I just feel, I, I kind of feel sorry for them because, you know, they are without now Svechnikov. Yeah. They never really had Pacioretty. They yeah. had him for like five games. Yeah. And he was terrific. Yeah. And, and Andre Kasha, like that's a guy that everybody forgets. Yeah. A guy who's probably going to have to retire because he took too many blows to the head. Yeah. Um. I mean, with those three guys, like, I, I see them as a as a as a very legitimate Stanley Cup contender. I, I'm just, you know, I, I'm not sure they can get through the East now. Yeah. Um. You know, without this guy. Yeah. Uh. But I I think they still I think they've done enough. Their body of work is big enough. They're they've shown enough that I think they still deserve to be in that group. But it's it's a lot less of a of a um I think I think there will be a lot of people who will be who were picking them to win the Stanley Cup who will no longer pick them to win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Um I think Carolina is just such a perfect example of how you can basically do everything right in hockey and still just not win. Right. It's the Washington Capitals, Nashville Predators, San Jose Sharks syndrome. Yeah. You know? Like you're good, you're really good, but you might not be quite good enough. I don't even know if I would take that tack with it. I'd just say that, like, if you took injuries out of the equation, you know, if you're playing NHL mode and you turn injuries off, which I do because I hate having to rejig my lines for injuries. Yeah. Um, I I basically, I hand them the Stanley Cup. I wouldn't. I'd I, hand it to Colorado. Have you seen Colorado's injuries this year? Yeah, well, that's a fair yeah. point, too. Yeah. yeah, I mean, Colorado... Talk about a heck of a final, though, between those two, if that was... Yeah, that uh, would be great. <laughs> but, but yeah, but, I mean, like, Colorado has played the whole year without Gabriel Landeskog. Yeah. And their defense, like, has there been a healthy... Have they had a full, healthy defense core? Not that If I it's remember. not Josh Manson, it's it's Kale McCarr, and then, yeah. and then you know, Bo Byram yeah. goes out, and then McCarr goes out again, and... You yeah. know all this stuff, and then and then you know, I mean, they've had they've had Landis Cog out most of the year. You know, McKinnon's missed a bit of time. Nakushkin's basically played only half the season, yeah. And now Lekkonen's out for who knows how long. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Well, they need him to score the goals when he scores the goals. <laughs> exactly. He's got twenty goals this year. Like God, he's good. Yeah. Oh he he was gosh. always supposed to be a 20 goal scorer in Montreal but go, going back to the Carolina Hurricanes um just to say like their front office their their leadership department with Tulski yeah. and Waddell and Brindamore mm-hmm. like that should be like that that triumvirate should be the the model for every single team and especially with how well they work together how everybody seems to be pulling in the right direction and the decisions and all the rest of it, right? Like that's what I mean when I say like it's just an example of just of of just such a well managed and coached team 
Um, and it's just it's it's really sad. But I I drop them down to dark horse category. Okay. You know, like I like I wouldn't be super shocked if they won a Stanley Cup, but I drop them down to dark horse category. As it stands now, the opening round would be Carolina Pittsburgh. And with Carolina's injuries and considering the series that we saw last year, firstly, very excited to watch that rematch. Yeah. It was a great series. Yeah, I, I just think I just think Carolina in a first round series against Pittsburgh would be able to turn up the tempo to a place where Pittsburgh can't keep up. Yeah, I, I really do. I, th- I think I think that uh, I, I I don't I don't I'm not a big Pittsburgh Penguins believer. Yeah, in the playoffs. Although I know, think Carolina wins have, that series. Yeah, yeah. I do. Yeah. But um, I think that Pittsburgh gives them a pretty good run for their money again mm-hmm. this year, mm-hmm. given the injuries. Um, oh, Tristan Jari's been really, really hot and cold lately. Did you see him against the Canadians the other night? Yeah, yeah. He's he's been very, very um... five goals on like eighteen shots. Holy jeez, man! Yeah, like put David Ayers back in. <laughs> You know what I mean? I know. I'm going back to Carolina. I'm on the wrong team. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What are you talking about? I know, I know. But yeah, I'm yeah, just yeah. saying, you, you know, yeah. I'm firing for effect here a okay. little bit. Okay, yeah. Well, it, it was, it's not good. <laughs> um, anything much more to say on the Carolina Hurricanes? I mean, like like you said, shut it down defensively. They've They've got just such interesting defensemen that are just moving that puck forward relentlessly. Yeah, I, I just I just think that, you know, you, I could see Sebastian Ajo going, okay, okay, well, I guess I have to do it. Yeah. And, and just being a monster in the playoffs. Yeah. Um, I, I think they are, like, you know, th- there's no sugarcoating this. It's it's bad for Carolina to lose this guy. Yeah. Like, there's no sugarcoating it. But, yeah. But if there's one team that has, I think, the requisite mental makeup, the requisite experience, the requisite... Um, Esprit de corps, if you will. Yeah. To maybe just everybody sort of give a little more and grind it out a little more. Uh, I I think it's the Carolina Hurricanes. I think they're a team that could, you know, there are teams who would lose a guy like this and it's, it's, they're done. Yeah. They're done. It's over. No chance. No chance. Right. Um, I'm not sure the Carolina Hurricanes are that team. I think that they have a lot of, you know, they have a great coach. Yeah. They can they can get great goaltending. Yeah, if they put the right guy in in the net, and that's probably Ranta's had some excellent Ranta, stretches this 16 year. And two. 16 and two. This 16 year, and two actually. Yeah, he's sixteen two and three, something like that. Yeah, <laughs> I Here, didn't realize check. that. I, I knew that he was having a great year, but let me check. Let me check on that just so just to make sure I'm not talking out my you know what face. Yeah. 23 starts, 23, 22 starts, 16 wins, two losses, three overtime losses. Unreal. Yeah. That's absolutely Even unreal. though his numbers aren't that, like his save percentage isn't that great, but yeah. He had a couple of blowout games though. Yeah, yeah. And, and those yeah. will, yeah. you know, those will just tank the right. season's numbers. Right. He's had a couple of games where he got blown out. and But like I always say, when you get blown out as a goalie, you can only lose a game once. Right. Right. You know, so, exactly. okay, let in those 10 goals on, well, and I just said about Tristan Jari, but, you know, let in five goals on 18 shots, but don't do it twice. Don't do it three day, three night games in a row. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So, um, yeah, I just, I just think that they've, they've, this is a team that has been built to, 
uh, if there's a team that's been built to withstand something like this, it's, yeah. it's this it's this group. You sound like you're talking about Sebastian Ajo as almost this year's uh, Nathan McKinnon, a guy that just you know has lots of accomplishments, but just feels like he has not won anything mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. is ready to just take the team on his back and yeah, maybe. do it. Yeah, 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 maybe. It's I mean you know the only reason, the, the the main reason why I bumped them down to dark horse is because. I've seen the Eastern Conference. I have seen the enemy. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. And, and when you're not, when I you're see not, men when as you trees yeah. walking is what I'm saying, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> we are but grasshoppers to them, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> it is, like, the Eastern Conference is just a murderer's row, right? Mm-hmm. Anyways, no, no, uh, no easy nights. Should we move on to the uh, Vancouver Canucks? Yes. All right. Before we move on, check out kencampbell.substack.com. Don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We've been slowing down with those reviews. It's sort of a feast or famine situation, but hmm. we got a nice one on uh, on your Substack. A nice little oh, uh, did comment we? or re- review yeah. a couple weeks ago or so. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 But, uh, you know, keep it up because that's how people find us. And, uh, you know, one review can make us upwards of tw- 10 to 15 to 20 cents over the course of a quarter, you know? So uh, it's, yep. big, it's big stuff. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks have gotten a Rick Tockett bump. They have. How do you feel about the uh, the Canucks this it's year? different from the Rihanna bump. Is there, uh, what's a Rihanna well, bump? Oh, when she did the Super Bowl halftime show, she had a bump. So it was, oh, people yes. Were, people were speculating whether or not she was pregnant. Oh, okay. Which I, I, which I believe she is. So there you oh, go. Oh, yeah. you see, I don't follow... Uh, celebrity yeah, you're gossip. not you're not you're not a pop culture guy like me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I follow pop culture from like the 1950s. Exactly. You know, did you know that it was totally a myth that Fatty Arbuckle beat a woman to death? Totally a myth. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, anyways, never mind. We move on. <laughs> <laughs> and before Chris Farley died, he was supposed to star in a biopic about Fatty Arbuckle, and he was going to be uh, Fatty Arbuckle. Wow, that's weird. Wouldn't that have been an incredible move? Never mind. Let's move on. Yeah. <laughs> um, tell me how you feel about the Vancouver Canucks now that they've entered the Talkit era. Well, it's interesting, right? Because now you're sitting there going, well, you know, do they walk this back next year? Do they, you know, I mean, they went out and got Philip Peronic at the de- trade deadline and everybody was like, what the? Because if there's one team that you thought would add. Yeah, but... <laughs> You know, maybe they, maybe they have, maybe they think that they are better. Well, they are better than than they've been this year, um, and I think with a with a healthy Thatcher Demko in goal, yeah, a healthy and focused Thatcher Demko in goal, yeah, um, I think they're much better, and we're seeing that right yep. now. Um, you know, I mean, they were, they were, they're they're better offensively, they're better defensively. Their five-on-five five numbers are a lot better under Tockett. Their yeah. penalty kill is a lot better under Tockett. JT Miller's been a lot better under Tockett. Elias Pettersson's been a has. lot better. Elias Pettersson's been a lot better under Tockett. Uh, but Elias Pettersson's been good, period. He was um, excellent under Boudreaux. Yeah, as well. yeah, 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 yeah. But and so and so now, do you say what do you say? Like, what do you do with this team now? Do you say, okay, well, this year's a blip. Well, last year was supposed to be a blip, right? Yeah. So Bruce Boudreau comes in. He's 32, 15, and 10 last year. Yeah. After he comes in. So there was the Boudreau bump. And now we're talking about the Tockett bump. Yeah, Rick, the Boudreau, there it is. The, yeah, and the boot. The, yeah. <laughs> or Ricky, don't lose that number <laughs> of games. Um, of course. <laughs> 
as a stretch, but it was a good one. I like yeah, thanks, it. Yeah, thanks. yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so, you know, I mean, I mean, the the Boudreaux bump was supposed to be sustainable too, you know, and it wasn't. It wasn't. Yeah. And and the thing that concerns me about Vancouver again is, show me you can do it in games that mean something. Yeah, because basically, Talkit came in and. Season's there's done. been there's been zero pressure. Yeah. There's been zero pressure and I've always maintained I've never put a lot of stock in a team that wins a lot of games when they don't mean squat. So you know? it's funny you say that. I was talking uh to one of my goalie students and I love going in as a relief goalie. If a goalie gets pulled. Yeah. Because best case scenario, you win the game. Worst case scenario, you were in an impossible situation. Yeah, exactly. And yeah. that's Rick Tockett. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, the uh, I, I wonder and far be it for me to do random speculation here. But there was, of course, a fairly substantiated rumor about uh, a divide in the changing between JT Miller and Bo Horvat. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if when they traded Bo Horvat, like that was Bruce Boudreaux's guy kind of thing. And now, and of course, you saw the year that Horvat was having under Boudreaux, which would kind of, you know, back that up a little right, bit, right? Right, right? And now JT Miller's kind of got the coach that he wants right. in that situation right. a little bit more. Right. right. I just, just a thought. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, it should be noted, though, that, and I did a lot of research into this, as you know, the Bruce Boudreaux bump was actually significantly higher than the Rick Tockett bump. Okay. Yeah. So pre-talk it this year in the Boudreaux era, the uh, Vancouver Canucks had the 27th best points percentage in the league. Mm-hmm. Post-talk it, it went up to 16th. So that's 11 places. Right. Right. Yeah. Pre-Boudreaux last year, they had the 29th best points percentage in the league. Okay. Post-Boudreaux, it went up to 11th. Oh, okay. Like that's a... <laughs> That's a historic jump, right? Yep. yep. Um, si- similar. The only one, um, uh, uh, Rick Green coached a very heavy uh, shot production team, so they had already a very good Corsi four percentage, and it actually dropped under Boudreaux. Mm-hmm. But their expected goals for percentage went up significantly under Boudreaux. Again, from twenty third under Rick Tockett to seventeenth under right. Bruce, Bruce Boudreaux, and. Again, we see almost the same jump. Expected goals for was 27th under Boudreaux earlier this year and 16th under Tockett right now. Mm -hmm. So the Boudreaux jump was, if anything, better than the Tockett jump, which really leads me to say, what's the sustainability of this? Well, yeah, but you could turn it around and say maybe maybe what Boudreaux did was created such unrealistic expectations with that with the way they played and the and their and their performance that it couldn't be sustained. Maybe mm-hmm. this one is is just good enough that maybe they can sustain it. You know what I mean? Maybe they haven't created you know what I'm saying though? Yeah, I know like, what you're saying. Like, like I mean, it created it almost created unrealistic expectations, what what Bruce Boudreaux accomplished with this group last year. And yeah. it turns out they were unrealistic and unsustainable. We well, consider that, that Boudreaux's the fifteenth sexiest coach in the league. You know, he is creating unrealistic expectations for what we should be looking at. He absolutely like. is. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. So so I mean, uh, I mean, it's it, you know maybe maybe talk it maybe expectations are a little more tempered under talk it. 
And yeah. and I, I go back to goaltending. I mean, if Thatcher Demko is healthy and and in a good headspace, um, he's going to make this guy look way better than anybody that was in the Nets made Bruce Boudreau look. Right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Uh, and of course, it shouldn't be it shouldn't be understated that uh, that throughout both pre Boudreaux's last year, throughout uh, Rick Green's and Boudreaux's tenure. Uh, the Vancouver Canucks had the second best five versus five save percentage in the league. Right. Meaning right. that there was no bump there that helped uh, create that Boudreaux bump. Right. One thing that I got to say, and everybody who listens to this podcast knows that I'm a huge fan of Bruce Boudreaux. I think that, to your point, he coaches a boomer bust style of hockey which, of mm-hmm. course, is extremely exciting to watch as a fan. Yeah, he, he wants the Stars to go out and score goals and do what they do, which, if guys are rolling and guys are feeling good, is incredibly effective and exciting to watch. And if guys aren't, right. it's, it's reliant more on... I always think about the Martin St. Louis line that he, he said when he came in, concepts over systems. Mm. And I think of Bruce Boudreaux as that, like concepts of what to do over an actual system of what to do. Right. And talk it, I think, is very much systems. It's the, it's the system, right? Uh, last thing I'll say about Bruce Boudreaux, just to say what an awesome guy he is. He recently went to the Mississippi Seawolves of the Federal Prospects Hockey League uh, to do a promotional event for them just because that's where he got to start coaching and just to be a nice guy. Uh, maybe they paid him a lot too. I don't think that they gave him a oh, nickel. Oh, really? Eh? Yeah. Well, then good for him. Yeah. yeah. I think that uh, he just went back there because it's where he got to start and he's just and he just feels to give back. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. they had like a sold-out crowd or something that night, like 7,000 people in the arena. And, uh, you know, it's, I think it says something about his character. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Should we move on? Yes. From the Vancouver Canucks? To uh, another absolute gong show, but in a different way. Jordan Binnington. Oh, God. (laughs) Oh, Jesus. Hey, everybody. The action never ends at DraftKings Sportsbook. With tons of ways to bet on all your favorite sports, you can fuel your fandom and feel the heat of the season like never before. Plus, right now, DraftKings Sportsbook is giving new customers a risk-free bet of up to $1,000. That's right. Make your first bet up to $1,000, and if it doesn't win, you'll get another shot to cash in. You can throw down on all the major action for baseball, golf, MMA, and more, and hockey, too. Plus, with same-game parlays, spreads, money lines, over-unders, and props, your betting options feel endless. Best of all, DraftKings is safe and secure and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. Perfect. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN. Make your first deposit and get a risk-free bet up to $1,000. That's promo code THPN only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. So we're recording this Thursday. I believe that it's going to come out Thursday. Uh, Last night, Wednesday night, Wednesday the 15th, Jordan Binnington uh, had had a bincident. Nice. Well done. (laughs) You like it? Well played. Set us up, Ken. Tell us what happened and tell us how you feel about it. Uh, Come on. No, you tell us what happened. I'll tell you how I feel about it. So Jordan Binnington... 
Now, do you want me to tell you like I'm a goalie or like I'm a a person? No, like you have a brain. Tell us like you have a brain. Jordan Binnington uh, got a goal scored against him. Wound up about a that happens a lot this year. Yeah, wound up about a foot and a half outside of his crease and facing the wrong direction. I might add, and then got tripped over by was it Hartman? Yeah, I believe it was Hartman. Got tripped over by Hartman. Well, Hartman tripped over him. Yeah, that's what I like. Yeah, he he yeah got tripped over. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Bennington okay. yeah. got tripped over by Hartman yep. while he was a foot and a half outside of his crease and yep. facing the wrong direction. Yeah. While Hartman was on his way to celebrate with his team, and Bennington just skates over and just blocker punch, no warning, straight to the straight to the kisser. Pow! Yep. yep. Right in the kisser. Going back to nineteen forties comedy references. And he's gonna get he's gonna get suspended for that. Yeah. Oh, he's got, I, a, he's I, got a hearing. He's got. I a hope hearing. so. Yeah. And then, which will be great for St. Louis because he won't be able to play. Look. Yeah. Right. And then, all round beloved human being, Mark Andre Fleury. And look, I've been critical of his goaltending, but I I don't think that anybody says anything bad about Mark Andre Fleury, the player, the person. Yeah. Uh, if if, if Mark Andre Fleury dove into a burning building to save a bunch of puppies. It was Bennington that had the match and the lighter fluids. But <laughs> comes down, no hesitation, drops his gloves, but the linesman had already tied up Bennington, yeah. and then they tied up Flurry, and then it got uh, separated. Right. There's the setup. Did I do a, a, an okay job yeah. setting, this, setting the stage for us? Yeah. We yeah. don't have the production value of some of the other podcasts that will play the <laughs> NHL clips and the radio announcers and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I, I I feel like I've got a face for radio. You do. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, so how do I feel about this? I'm, I'm sick of this guy, first of all. Are you? Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of his act. I'm tired of him. Yeah. He was, he was clearly a one-hit wonder. Uh, as, he didn't as even a have much tender. of a hit. He was statistically like the worst goal yeah, to win he, the Stanley Cup in the modern era. Yeah, but, but he won the Stanley Cup. So yeah, okay. So okay, 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 okay. But fine. but like to me, like this act is wearing very thin. Yeah, and he's got four more years at six million dollars. Good luck with that, <laughs> St. Louis. <laughs> um, but if only Broder was just, still in that front office but, eh, but, when they yeah. signed that yeah. he would have been like no guys no but just don't like don't tell me after something like that don't tell me that that fighting is um you know frowned upon in the NHL or in hockey cuz it's not People love this crap. Do people say that fighting's frowned upon? Well, in it, no, but I think I think I think when things go sideways, yeah. like the NHL will say, like like if if Flurry had if Flurry had and and Bennington had fought and Flurry fell backwards and hit his head and got seriously injured, yeah, you'd be like, oh, we you know, there's no place for that. We yo, know, you hate to see that happen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, like people love this garbage. You know, Ric Flair was there last night, like, yeah. and he did the big woo thing. And that was, I guess that's why Bennington did it. Yeah. Uh, after his fight. After but his this is just like, not this is, fight. I, I'm sorry, but this is just, this is just garbage. I, I know people like it and I know it really gets people's uh, uh, juices flowing and the goalie fights and all of that stuff. I, I just think it's, it's gratuitous bullshit. And, and to me, don't tell me that there's don't tell me that that fighting is 
you know, when you see something like this, that it's like it's like the emotional outlet and, you know, you know, that that there aren't staged fights and stuff like that. This kind of shit is all staged. Yeah. You know what I mean? And I, I don't know. I, I just think I've always thought that the game is better than this, hmm. that the game could sell itself without this this junk yeah. in it. And I'm in a minority. I realize that a lot of people don't share that opinion and in fact think I'm an idiot for having it. That's fine. But to me, like, oh, wow, watch this goalie fight. You're not about to start caring about what people think now, are you, Ken? No, no. <laughs> but like to me, it's yeah. I, I don't know. I don't know. Like to me, this is this is not this is not something to be celebrated. This is shameful. This is ridiculous. As far as I'm concerned. Okay, so I've got a few a few thoughts on the topic, as as would be perhaps unsurprising for me. Right. And I want to I want to say each thought, and then I want you to throw out the counterpoint. Okay. Because I, ah, man, it's a guilty pleasure to like the fighting. I'm not going to lie to you, right? Yeah. Like I, I yeah. know it's wrong. Mm-hmm. I'm not an idiot. I know what head trauma does. <laughs> I'm living proof. No. Anyways, um. Well, sort of, but anyways. Uh, so here's my first my first thing. Um, back in our in my day, back in my day, goalies had personalities, and they all had different personalities. And some were fiery, and some were calm, and some were this, and some were that. Right. Yeah. And now, uh, every goalie mindset guru talks about maintaining and being never let the highs get high, never let the lows get low, and all the rest of it. Right. Right. And I, I'm I, I'm not a believer in that per se, and so there's a small part of me that uh, likes Bennington's fiery attitude. Although I wish that he could back it up with his play once in a while. Yeah, that's the thing. You know, I mean, you can be Ron Hextall or you can be a lousy goalie who fights a lot and is fiery. Like right, exactly. And that's what he's. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so anyways, but um but my point is is that there's a part of me that I I hope that this opens the door for more goalies to express their own personalities through their play. You know. Marc Andre Fleury is is an example of one of the few that does where you see him smiling and kind of mm-hmm. having a mm-hmm. you know, having a grand old time when he plays, which hey, you're going the National Hockey League. Have a good time. Yeah, yeah. You know I, yeah. Like, you know, you're one of you're one of like 64 people that can say that at any given point. And you're a backup essentially now. Flurry? Yeah. Yeah. I I wouldn't be surprised if they if they try to go back to him for the playoffs. I I I think that would be the biggest mistake they could make. Yeah. And and you know, it's weird because not enough people are talking about how Bill Guerin robbed the Ottawa Senators blind. Trading Max or um, Cam Max Talbot, Cam, Cam, Tal- Talbot, Cam yeah. Talbot for Philip Gustafson. Yeah, yeah. Like Gustafson is an elite. He's an elite goalie. Yeah, yeah. He's definitely looking that way this yeah, yeah. year. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um. So, anyways, anything to say on the on the personality side of things? Do you it, see any good in this? No, I don't. No? I don't okay. because if your personality is you're an asshole, then that's not a good personality to show. Yeah. Like to, to me, it just, I don't know. Like to me, there's so much, and we're going to talk about f- clean hits after, or fights after clean hits and everything. Yeah. You know, it's just next. like, it's just like, it, like, why doesn't the NHL just come out and say, we like this stuff? We like it. 
Yeah. That's why it's in the game. You'd appreciate you know, the it's, honesty. And, that, and that's the thing. It's it's not because it's an outlet. It's not because it's an emotional game. It's not because, you know, players need to, need to uh, you know, um, balance the scales of justice or whatever. Yeah. It's because people like this shit. Yeah. That's why. Yeah. So just say it. Just admit it. We like it. Yeah. We don't want it. Take it out from the game because we like it. Yeah. Well, I feel like I've it's entertainment. It's an entertainment that. thing. Yeah. You know, yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, okay. So then the next thing is with, with Bennington, uh, I like the fact that there's a heel. There's this universally reviled guy. Yeah. And and it's kind of I I think that that's kind of fun. Like it it adds an element to the to the sport when he when he threw a water bottle at uh, at Nazem Kadri in the playoffs. Like it it adds it adds an element that uh, that I just wish that hockey had a little bit more of. Well, they have enough of it. I mean, who's the most hated player in hockey? Is it Jordan Brad Whittington? Marchand. Is it Jacob Truba? Truba? Brad Marchand. Well, you know what? Some scars, couple, some scars run deep. Yeah, but within a couple of years, Brad Marchand might not even be the most hated player on his own team. Yeah, right. Like, they picked up Garnet Hathaway and Tyler Bertuzzi. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so, yeah. yeah. But That's anyways. a fair point. Yeah. So, anyways, but, you know, I, I like I like the heel side of it. I, I think that, you know, I remember what this reminds me of is this reminds me of Tim Thomas fighting Carey Price. Right? Yeah. yeah. And and Carey Price fed him his lunch, and uh, you brought up Pot Van fighting uh, Ron Hextall, right? And Felix Pot Van fought, fed him his lunch. It's it's it it sets up, like it just in terms of like a storytelling perspective, it sets up this like delicious payoff to see. Like I said, nobody has a bad thing to say about Marc Andre Fleury. There's nobody having a drink in a bar right now saying, "Oh, let me tell you something about the flower." That prick. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And just and, and it just would have been so sweet to see the payoff. And to your point about its entertainment, yes, it's entertainment. Hockey is an entertainment industry. Let's not pretend that anything we do here in hockey has any true value in life. Right. There's none. But to me, the entertainment, if that's what you're selling as your entertainment, then you're out to lunch. The I Paul mean, the brothers NHL, are like the biggest boxers in the in the in the field right now, and that's nonsense. The NHL has so much talent right now. The players have never been better. The game's yeah. never been faster. Uh, you know, we had this 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 um, uh, argument after hockey, beer league hockey last night. Like some, one of the guys said, "There's not enough hitting in the NHL," and I was like, "Oh, shut up! You have got to freaking effing be kidding me that there's not enough hitting. There's yeah. tons of physicality. The game's never been better." And Gary Bettman talked about it after the general manager's meeting. Yeah, it's never been in a better place. And this is the shit that you have to sell. Yeah, I, I just you I know, know this is the thing, and and I do agree with you there because honestly, for me personally, I think that fighting's almost at a good place in the league, I could take about 10% less and then I feel like it'd be pretty good. Yeah. But, uh, but if fighting was to go away completely, it's, I would not stop watching hockey and I would still enjoy hockey thoroughly. And just maybe once a year, I'd be like, man, it's so weird that I didn't see a fight this year. Like it doesn't really bother me. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's to me, it's part of the experience and, and that's that. But it's, it's certainly, it's not a hill I'm willing to die on. 
And I don't really understand when you are willing to die on that hill. Right. But, you know, and anyways, so you talked about, you talked about uh, most hated players in the NHL. You talked about Jacob Truba. We talked about fighting. And speaking of all of that together, Jacob Truba, to me, I love him. And we talked about hitting. You're just talking about your friend saying there's not enough hitting. Right. I love the fact that Jacob Truba, we finally have a guy that's proving the fact that you can lay out big, clean, yet nasty hits in this NHL with this speed. And I and I love that. And yet we are at a place where, firstly, people are hating him for it, which I don't understand. If it's clean, it's clean. Right. Right. You know, we're not talking. This isn't Wilson. Well, this there, isn't I, Tom Wilson. I, I here. think there is some some debate over whether or not these hits are clean. Uh, he's he's ninety percent of the time laying it into the chest. Well, and according not to the NHL, up. according to the NHL rule book, they've all been clean. Right. Right. Like they've all been clean. Yeah. I mean, the principal point of contact hasn't been the head. You know, whatever. So, according to that rule definition, they have been clean hits. Right, yeah. but he's not driving up either. Yeah, I rare. I, I don't think yeah. I've ever seen him hit yeah. into the chest and then drive up through mm-hmm. the head, mm-hmm. which that one drives me crazy. Yeah, principal point of contact. Like, yeah. give me a break. Like, yeah, I've yeah. seen so many knockouts in boxing where the principal point of contact was the glove and the follow through goes through the guy's face right. and he gets knocked out. Right. And it's like, right. no, 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 get back up. Yeah, you're yeah. not knocked out. Yeah, yeah, principal point of contact was the glove. That's a blocked punch. Right, that's a blocked punch. If you ask me, he blocked it with his face. Yeah. yeah, but you know what I mean. Like, it, like I, I that the principal point of contact thing pisses me off, right? Okay. But, um, but the, the so apparently, um, according to Elliot Friedman and other insiders, uh, the GM meeting will focus one of the many topics. Well, it's will over be, now. It, it, no, it was yesterday. Pardon me. It ended yesterday. Was. Yep. <laughs> they talked about it. They talked about fighting after clean hits. <laughs> but it's but like. <laughs> They talked about calling the instigator penalty more often and actually enforcing the rule book. I like, why do they have to talk about this? Yeah. Why do they not just do it? Yeah. You know, like it's just, to me, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. It is. I mean, so now they're talking about cut about clamping down on fights after hits. Yeah. Okay, so what are they going to do about the guy who goes after somebody because his team's down three goals and he wants to provide a quote-unquote spark? Yeah. You know, what are they going to do about that guy? Yeah. What are, what are they going to do about that? Are they going to clamp down on that? I mean, that's an instigator. Yeah, it Truthfully. is. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Like, so to me... The only part... The, the only fights that are not instigators are... I hit you, you slashed me, I slashed you. Yeah. We dropped him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like and 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 to be or, honest, those or, are the only fights the that ones, I have a lot of time for. Or the ones that people the say they aren't in hockey anymore, which is a predetermined fight and there's so many there's a bunch I can't, of those. Well, but I can't stand those. I well, can't. yeah. Yeah, okay. And I agree with you. They they are. They're they're all over. Well, the Ryan Reeves and um I I I don't want to butcher his name. But the other night they had basically had a they basically had a. Uh, I didn't see it. A a, a a a staged fight. Yeah. Oh, like fully like to center ice. Oh yeah, like and they were sizing each other up, and yeah, it was just ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. No, I it, it, those ones bother me. I don't mind the 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 boil over fights. 
you know. Um, it's, but to me, it's but to me, like this has become. They do have to do something about it because it's become epidemic. Yeah, like it's become epidemic. It's ridiculous now, and and like don't like you can't tell me now that things are, you know that that we have to accept this because we didn't accept it before. Yeah, you know. Yeah, I mean, if Gordy Howe got hit, Gordy Howe got hit. Yeah, if Rocket Richard got hit, Rocket Richard got hit. Yeah, you know. Yeah. You I know, mean, and Wayne Gretzky never got hit, but it wasn't because of Dave Semenko. It was because of Marty never, McSurley. Yeah, that's what it was. No, he never he never put himself into vulnerable spots. Yeah. Right? Like, how many times would you see Wayne Gretzky stick handling up the middle of the ice and, and, and you know, and carrying the puck, lugging the puck through the neutral zone? Yeah. Like, it just wasn't something he did, right? Yeah. yeah. And if he did, his head was well on a swivel. Right. Yeah. I, you know, you made the point uh, a couple weeks ago, and I, I hadn't even thought about it this way, but you said, like, there's an entire generation of hockey fans that don't realize that there's anything but fighting after clean hits. Right, right. And it, of course, never occurred to me because I still think that I'm, like, 16. But... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in for a rude awakening on that one. But you're right. Like, you think about, like, I remember, the, you know, the old Rock'em Sock'em tapes, right? Mm-hmm. And you'd see, like, Ty Domi... You know, boom, big open ice, boom, big open ice. And rarely, rarely, rarely did he drop the gloves in those open ice hits. And usually if he did, it was with the person that he hit. Well, and now... A.K.A. the grieved party. Right. And now what you're seeing is a guy takes a, gets a big hit, looks around, and throws his gloves off already because he knows he's going to have to fight. Yeah. You know? Yeah. It was <laughs> it was Bakanji Imama. In Arizona, the other day. Oh, okay, that was, yeah. yeah, yeah. So they they uh, they squared off. Yeah, and uh, yeah, but to me, it's just like it's just insane that you have to have a general manager's meeting to say, "Hey, can we start calling the rules as they're written in the rule book?" Yeah, I I feel like everything in moderation. Like I think that there are. Uh, I remember when Gonchar was was running out his career. He's in Montreal. He's he's in his he's forty, I think. Mm-hmm. And and somebody took a run at him, like a full fledged run at him behind the net when he had the puck, and he just like it, it was pretty gross to see. Actually, I saw it live. I was there at the game, and uh, um, Nathan Beaulieu fought that guy. Right. I there are times when a clean hit warrants a response, but they're rare. They're yeah. few and far between. If you take an older statesman, no, in the there league, are no, no, there, no. I'm sorry, you don't agree. There are no times, no times ever, ever, ever where a clean hit has to be responded with a fight. No, this is a yeah. physical game. There is hitting. You're allowed to hit people. Yeah. Okay. There is no circumstance in my mind ever where a clean hit deserves to be to, uh, where a guy should have to fight to to justify a clean hit. Yeah. Like to me, you know, all these people like this guy at hockey last night who said there wasn't enough hitting in hockey. Everybody wants hitting in hockey. Well, if you want hitting in hockey, stop fighting after clean hits. Yeah, you're stop not fighting wrong. after clean hits. Yeah. It's it's a it's if it's a clean hit, you're allowed to hit people. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a fundamental aspect of this game. Yeah. Is the physical aspect of it. That's what makes us all fans. That's what we all like. That's what make that's what makes hockey different. 
is you can hit people to yeah. separate them from the puck. Yeah. You know? And if it's a big hit where it ends up being a yard sale and a guy's equipment goes flying all over the place, as long as it's clean, I just, I don't see why a guy would ever have to fight. And this never, this did not happen before. This is only it been, happened, this is, but it happened this rarely. This is only something that's happened in the last 10 or 15 years. It's it like happened, it's evolved, but it happened it's evolved over the last 10 or 15 years and it's, and it's just become ridiculous. So it, it happened, but it happened rarely, right? It, where there'd be a fight after a clean hit. And then that's what I'm saying is that there are occasions. I remember Montreal was up on Colorado 10 to 1. And <laughs> Alexi Emelin fully low bridge, hip check. I forget who it was. Just yeah. took him right out, right? Yeah, yeah. And, uh, and what's his name? Jerome uh, McGinley was on Colorado at the time. And Jerome McGinley tried to fight Alexi Emelin for that hit. They're down 10-1. And Emelin just goes in for a huge hip check. And just takes this guy right out, right? Right. Uh, like, there's situations rarely like that. Look, I've cited two situations over the course of ten years where I don't, I don't mind the, uh, I don't mind the fighting after a clean hit. But it, to your point, if you were to be calling those instigator penalties, which you should, yeah, because it's in the rules, but also I think it's a good idea. Then that person now has to make a decision. Yes, that's a clean hit, but was that enough that I think that it warrants the instigator? Well, and that's all, that's that's what all the apologists are saying now is like the game's so fast, and the reason why guys get into fights is because they don't know if it's a clean hit or not. No, I don't. I don't agree with that. Well, that's what they're saying. I don't care. That's what a lot of guys are saying. They're saying I know. they're saying well, they don't have time to decide whether or not it's a clean hit hit, so they have to go in and fight regardless. Right, but like okay. But this is what I'm. This is imagine? what I'm trying to say is that you would you would you'd have to think twice. Yeah, is all I'm trying to say. Yeah, if you call that instigator, you'd have to think twice before you're going and doing that. That's all I'm saying. Mm -hmm. And and I do think that there are places, but it has it's gotten out of completely out of control. Yeah, it's in, gotten completely out of control. In 1969, in the playoffs, in the first round of the playoffs, the Toronto Maple Leafs played the Boston Bruins, and a guy we're going to talk about. Later in the podcast, Pat yeah. Quinn next laid out uh, Bobby Orr. Yeah, laid him out. Yeah, like I I'm not sure if that hit had come today. Well, first of all, it wasn't a clean hit then. Now, <laughs> but it, it was a clean hit then. Yeah. If that had happened today, I'm not sure Pat Quinn would have survived. Yeah, like he might have had the whole bench coming over. Yeah, and beating him up. Yeah, you know, like when yeah. you hit a guy like that. But yeah. Uh, it just to me, to me, the fighting after hits takes, um, takes air out of it. Well, it takes it takes the physicality out of the game. It doesn't yeah. put physicality in the game. Yeah, it takes it out. It's a, it deters people from hitting. Yeah, you know, as hard or as as robustly as maybe they otherwise would. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So I, I don't think it's a good thing at all. Like I, I and I'm glad the NHL is looking at it, but again. I just, it just drives me nuts that they have to go. Yeah, let's start calling the rule book. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's pretty clear for this clean hit and a guy gets jumped. Pretty clear who the instigator is. Yeah. Oh, pretty absolutely. Pretty clear. Absolutely. You know? Look, it's like I said about fighting in general. If you were to tell me, you know, of the extremes, take it completely out of the game or have it happen two, three times a game. Yeah. I take it out. 
fighting after clean hits, if you tell me that it's got to be gone completely or happens after all the clean hits, I say it's gone completely. Right. I, 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 I just think that there are times where you, as a teammate, you see a guy get blown up and you don't care whether it's clean or not. You just blew up my buddy and I'm going to do something about it. Yeah. And I don't have a problem with that. Well, I do. I know. I do. Hey, that's why we do a podcast. Together. Well, no, but it's like, you know. You I know mean, what? You got a problem with that? All right, that's it. I'm fighting you Okay, so right what's, now. what's the difference between um, I'm going to jump you because you made a big hit that, that, that changed the complexion of the game or brought your team, you know, yeah, yeah. brought your bench or, or led to a, you know, led to a turnover that led to a goal, blah, blah, blah. You made this big hit and I'm going to fight you because of it. What's the difference between that and you just, your team was just, you know, lifeless. And then you picked up the puck in your own end, dangled through everybody and scored and scored this beautiful, you know, beautiful, uh, you know, goal. He that, was that, grinning. That, that they were showboating. The momen- changed were, the momentum. Yeah, like, what's yeah. the difference? I don't it's have the, the answer to that. Yeah. I don't have the answer to that. And that's why I because, say because if there's a, a decision Because all between... of this is indefensible. That's why you don't have an answer for it. This whole <laughs> yeah. fighting thing is indefensible. People defending fighting are defending the indefensible. And it's okay. You can do that. But as far as I'm concerned, you are defending the indefensible. But I think that there needs to be a distinction here. I'm not defending fighting. Yeah. I'm just saying that I kind of like it. Okay. Well, there you go. <laughs> you know and what I that's mean? all I'm but asking. That's, that's, that's what I'm, all I'm asking I'm being the honest. NHL. That's all I'm asking the NHL to do is we we let this stuff go because with a five minute penalty, because we like it. I don't we def- like I, it. I can't defend boxing. Yeah. My mom can't stand it. Right. And, and and her husband loves boxing and we'll watch boxing together. Right. And my mom, it makes her want to vomit when she sees us watching boxing together. And the truth is, I can't defend it. It's bad. It's a bad sport. Yeah. It's a terrible sport. But the whole essence of the sport is to punch the other guy. Right. Like, there's a purpose to the punching. (laughs) You know what I mean? But what I'm saying is that, well, and I would argue that to an extent that that exists in hockey, but it's bad. It's a bad aspect. Mm -hmm. It leads to head trauma. It leads to CTE. It leads to suicide. It leads to depression. It leads to all kinds of things. Dependencies leads to all kinds of terrible, terrible things. It's not defensible. Yeah. Right? The only defense that you can actually make about it is that it entertains me. Yeah. And so thank you, Emperor Augustus. You know what I mean? Like that's all you can really say. Right? Like and, and so that's that's where I kind of come down on it. But yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And I, I think, you know, I think that your biggest thing, if I if I may be so bold as to say it, is is can we just be honest about this here? Can we just be honest about how yeah. the place yeah. in this sport? Yeah. Can you yeah. stop, you know, making excuses or making whatever? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And I, and I agree with that. I agree with that. We all are hypocrites to one extent or another. And it's our job to square away our hypocrisies <laughs> and to know where those hypocrisies are. And I'm a hypocrite with fighting. I am. It's just, you know, you accept me anyways, right? I do. Okay, I do. good. Yeah. Good, good, good. Yeah. Um, just one other thing from the uh, GM's meetings. It was yeah. interesting. It was interesting that Gary Bettman said that the the um, salary cap is is projected to go up by a million next year, but that he's open to discussing raising it more. Right. Um, with new NHLPA head Marty Walsh. Interesting. Which is yeah, it's really interesting because a that tells me that the owners are telling them, uh, we need more wiggle room here. Yeah. 
Um, and I'm sure that every fan in the league would love to see the salary cap go up by four million instead of one million. Yeah, you know. Um, but it's interesting because again, and I'm sure the players would love it too. But then what? Like this goes back to the essence of what they don't understand. Yeah. Okay, so something's got to give here. You still haven't paid your your you you still haven't repaid the debt from from the the pandemic. You're still working on that. Well, something's got to give. Yeah. If it's a higher salary cap, you know, for the next couple of years, escrow's at six percent. Yeah. It's not going to be at six percent. Yeah. It's going to be higher, and then the players are going to turn around and complain about escrow again. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's a it's a it's a classic situation of um, how do I put this very nicely, very delicately? You have a bunch of very smart, slimy lawyers, <laughs> yeah, and a bunch of not so smart constituents. Yeah, yeah, more or less, yeah, right? Yeah, and then yeah. you, and then you have and, and they're playing the game, right? You've got mm-hmm. the lawyers and the owners, and they're they're playing the game, right? And then what you've got after that is you've got the GMs and the players that want what they want. Yeah. And who can blame them. Right. You're not, we're not blaming them, but, you know, it's it's really like any deal with Bettman is, pardon me, but kind of a deal with the devil here. You know what I mean? Yeah. I want to be seven foot tall and now you're, you know, like a, a redwood. <laughs> yeah. Well, and I mean, Bettman said that that cap that the cap could go up if. Uh, HRR exceeds the current projections. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, yeah. Gu- I guess. I don't know. I don't know how that's magically going to happen. Yeah. Um. You know. So I'll go quite the hypothetical, especially, especially with the company that owns Bally Sports. Yeah. Uh, going into going into Chapter Eleven. Yeah. Right. They're not going to be paying their bills for a while. No. Uh, and twelve, I believe, twelve NHL teams have regional deals with them, with yeah. Bally Sports. Um. So, yeah. So, I mean, and, and you know, like I you could said, buy myself a Lamborghini this year if uh, if if my family's revenue yeah. is higher than expected. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like, yes, yeah. that's how money works. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you but it'll get be more. You can use more. <laughs> yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, they, the NHL spread out the spread out the debt and, you know, it's still being paid back and. And now they've got Nescro down as part of, you know, the whole sort of rewriting of the collective bargaining agreement. Yeah. But it'll be interesting to see how the Players Association responds to this. Yeah. You know, I mean, are the players saying, you know, I mean, I'm sure the ones that are up for contracts are going to be like, no, no, no. Yeah, go ahead. Increase the salary cap. That's fine. Yeah. You know, um, but the ones that are under contract will be saying, no, 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 let's keep Escrow at six. Yeah. You know, right. You know what I mean? So yeah. it'll be interesting. Yeah. I think like um uh I think that um the one thing to say about the salary cap first of all I you know I want to see these players make all the money that they can they they're all working for billionaires like you yeah, know what yeah. I mean like yep. let, you know yep. let's just get that part out of the way first but in terms of for a general hockey sense the one thing that should be said about this is that no matter what the salary cap is at we have the same amount of talented players in this league Right. No matter what. Right. You know what I mean? Like, okay, so maybe, you know, the Leafs can't re-sign Matthews. It's not like Matthews goes to the KHL next. Right. Just right. go somewhere yeah, yeah. else. Yeah. So it's, yeah. the salary cap is kind of funny in the sense that, like, 
league-wide, it, it creates some interesting havoc. But as a as a fan of a specific team, oh, I think it's it, such a piss off. Well, I think it's way more trouble than it's worth. Personally, I would agree with you there. I think, I think it's way. I more do agree with you there. Worth. Yeah, yeah. Um, so let's move on. St. Patrick's Day is tomorrow. Correct. And uh, I'm getting crunked. Three beers later. <laughs> Bud lights. <at> that. <laughs> this calls for a Bud Light. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Um, so St. Patrick's Day is tomorrow. And, uh, so Ken had a great idea to finish off this podcast to close us out and to tell some stories about a beloved Patrick, the big Irishman in the league, Pat Quinn. Yeah. Take it away, Kenny. Well, I just thought, you know, I mean, there's nobody that, that sort of exemplifies fighting in hockey. No, yeah, that, yeah. (laughs) The, the Irish, the Irish, uh, thing more than Pat Quinn does. Like everybody talked about him being, you know, the big Irishman and the and the that. mighty Quinn. Yeah. And he was, he was great. Like I dealt with him for eight years. Yeah. And, um, we had our moments for sure. Did you cover the Leafs in that time? I did. I no. did. I don't know if you know that, but I did. <laughs> Come on. But, but Pat was, Pat was interesting. He was, he was, I learned more about hockey from Pat Quinn, I think than anybody ever. Like I, I see so these that's scrums. Where you got all these crazy ideas. I see these scrums that coaches do now, and like I go, like, wow, Pat Quinn. We didn't know how well we had it. Like he would actually like break down the game, and and he was like, it was so interesting. Like one one night, one night, Lance Hornby and I from the Sun are sitting there, and and it was a playoff game, and he goes, he goes, uh, you couldn't find our you couldn't find our forwards in our own zone with a Norden bomb site. I'm looking at I'm looking at Lance Hornby and he's looking at me and we're like, what the fuck's a Northern bomb site? <laughs> <laughs> you know, and it was a, it was actually a World War One reference, I think. I yeah, think that's when it, the that's, early bomber planes. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, the exactly. That's how they, they that's how they the, yeah, yeah. that's how they increased their accuracy, right? Yeah. So like stuff like that, and <laughs> I remember. <laughs> I don't even know who he was talking about, but. You just wouldn't get away with it now. Yeah. Like he goes, he goes, well, you know what we used to say about guys like that, that they were a little light in the loafers. And this is like <laughs> in a massive press conference. Yeah. <laughs> but, but he was just such a, such a great guy. Like I, I, yeah. I, I still miss him and I think about him a lot. Interesting. Um, And, and it shouldn't be that way because he, he really had a very off hot and cold confrontational sort of. Yeah. Um, relationship with us. Like, I remember he used to say to me all the time, he'd say, I'd ask him a question. And then afterwards he'd go, well, it doesn't matter what I say. Anyways, you just write what you want. Yeah. He'd, he said that a couple of times. Yeah. And then one time I remember just saying to him, okay, Pat, you know, I, I, the day you start signing my paychecks is the day I'll start writing what you want me to write. Right. Otherwise, cause I, I got sick of it, but, yeah. but he was just so he was, I remember one time we were in, Long Island, and he's sitting there in the old rink in Long Island, and he's sitting there smoking a cigar in the dressing room. Of course. You know. As one does. Yeah, as one does. Yeah. And I go up to him, and I ask him something, and he just, I'm standing in front of him, and he looks up, and he just blows cigar smoke in my face. (laughs) Like, just, just like, just like, doesn't even pretend, just looks up and goes, right, like, and I was standing, and he was sitting. So like it was just like 
you prick. Like, <laughs> like really, was that necessary? <laughs> but there were other times, like, he found out my dad was sick. My dad was dying. Yeah. And he found out about it, and he pulled me aside and just gave me a really heart-to-heart chat and, you know, hugged me and everything. And Wow. Like, it was like, you know, he was just such an interesting individual. Yeah. And such a, like, such a renaissance man. I just, I, I it was so interesting to to cover him and well, one of the last know. GM coaches as well, yeah. right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Although his GMing was, <laughs> I remember, <laughs> I remember Glenn Wesley came in and he said, "Geez, I always thought he was a defensive, uh, an offensive guy." And Wayne and Glenn Wesley was an offensive guy, yeah. except for about the past the five years before the Leafs got him. Yeah, he became a defensive guy, and where yeah. I was like. What freaking games are you watching? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But he's in the Hall of Fame. He should be in the Hall of Fame. He was a great guy. Uh, loved dealing with him, even when I hated dealing with him. Yeah. Um, just just a real, one of the game's real characters. Like, you know, I mean, he was a trained lawyer. He was a smart guy. Yeah. You know, and real sense of history. Yeah. Like, I remember once he was talking about Michael Renberg. And he goes, yeah, that guy's... Got worse, worse luck than Joe Bavulitsk. <laughs> and everybody's lo- like, I got it because it was the guy in the um, Lil Abner cartoons. And oh, Cat, yeah, yeah. Who, who, uh, who was like just the schlep rock, right? Like every yeah. bad thing ever happened to him. Yeah. And I'm laughing my head off. <laughs> and like all these younger guys are looking like, who the, what the hell is he talking about? <laughs> and uh, we're, one time we're in a scrum and he goes, he goes, uh, he goes, well, you know, there's only two places. He says, there's two places you shouldn't do that. And I said, yeah, at home and on the road, right? And he started <laughs> laughing. Yeah, he was like, exactly right. That's unbelievable. But he was he was, he was, was just a real great character. And I, I think this game still misses him. Yeah. Um, and, like, for me to, to like, I started, I started on the beat the same year, his first year in Toronto. Mm-hmm. And at the beginning of that time, like, I just found him to be so intimidating. For me to think then that I would look back so fondly on this guy. Right. And so fondly on all of the all of the uh, interactions I had with him. Yeah. I, I just would have never thought it would be the case. Interesting. Yeah, he's just a great guy. You know what my brother's nickname for him was? What? Chomper. Yeah. He's always chomping on the gum. Yeah. Just- and, the, and the cigars. Yeah. <laughs> Until he stopped. Yeah. Like he got sick in 2002, right? Yeah. He got sick in the conference final and he missed games. And Rick Lee actually had to coach a game in, in the conference final right. in North Carolina. Yeah. And he just like gave up cigars, lost a bunch of weight, got all healthy and everything. And I remember asking him the next season and he goes, yeah, I'm a regular Ponce de Leon. <laughs> and I was like, right on. <laughs> he, uh, he used to go for runs down on the boardwalk mm-hmm. just down here. Did he run or walk? Uh, my brother saw him running. Did he? Wow. Yeah. My brother good. saw him running at one point. Yeah. 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 And he said, I swear that he was just running for to get a cigarette. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, and actually interesting, Doug Gilmore lived on Corselet Road. He did. Yep. And one of my other brothers delivered newspapers to Doug Gilmore. Oh, did he? Yeah. And then, of course, told all of his friends. Uh, Doug Gilmore lives on Corselet Road. Yeah. And uh, and then very shortly after, Doug Gilmore did not live on Corselet Road. You know who lived there <laughs> after him? No. Bob McCown. 
Come on. Yeah, he bought that house. Really? Yeah, I don't know if he still lives there, but at the time. I don't think he does, but... Let's yeah. hope that he doesn't because he's just... <laughs> yeah. Now everybody knows a, where he lives. The whole road is two blocks long, right? <laughs> the whole road is two blocks long. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's very funny. And it was kind of... is is more... Um, you know, back then when Doug Gilmore lived there, it was more of a blue-collar kind of area than it is now. It's pretty hoity-toity now. It's, it is. It is that. Yeah. Yeah. But mind you, I guess that's pretty much just all of Toronto. <laughs> right. Yeah, like I live in a hoity-toity area now because I have a house. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah. That makes it hoity-toity. Exactly. Anything else you want to touch on before we get out of well, here? Well, I just, I just think it's interesting what we're going to be seeing in the next little while. Um, uh, the college seasons will be ending. Uh, at some point soon. Ooh, Devin Lee- Levy. De- well, Devin Levi, but also Levi. Logan Cooley, Logan Cooley, Luke Hughes, Matthew Nyes. Um, you know, these guys are going to start to get their games in the NHL. And, you know, I mean, people are talking about Matthew Nyes right now. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I'm, he's a good player. Yeah. It's no question. He's really good. But like, didn't you learn from Nick Robertson? You didn't learn anything from the whole Nick Robertson hype? Rushing you know, him now, in, getting now him people, injured. Now people are like, oh, he's going to be playing for them in the playoffs. Well, let's wait. You know, yeah, let's yeah. wait and see. It, it's interesting because um, actually Michigan and, and Minnesota, which will be a great game, they're they're playing in the Big Ten Championship this weekend. Yeah. That'll be a great game. Uh, Luke Hughes and Adam Fantilli against, uh, you know, the, 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 the Minnesota juggernaut. Yeah. Uh, it'll be really good. So a lot of these guys, you know, like – you know, like I said, the you know, the Coronados in Calgary, um, you know, Luke Hughes will be in New Jersey almost certainly before the end of the season. Logan Cooley, I assume, will be in Arizona before the end of the season. Um, so it'll be interesting to see because some of these guys are starting to. And then you've got the, you know, you've got the, the, the NCAA um, free agents as well who will mm-hmm. probably get signed. And so it'll be interesting because there'll be some some interesting kids coming into the game and and uh we'll, we'll get a uh, we'll probably get a, a quick glimpse of some of them like mm-hmm. the coolies and the levi's for teams that won't make the playoffs and then and then uh you know for guys like like matthew nyes it'll be interesting to see you know where he fits in on the leaf roster going forward yeah so uh yeah so it'll be it'll be it'll be fun to watch yeah cool shall we uh, i think so we got to go buy hockey sticks now Got to go buy hockey sticks now, obviously. Check out kencampbell.substack.com for this episode and this podcast directly into your inbox. And, of course, Ken's excellent writing. Check us out at HockeyNoFilter on Twitter at Ken underscore Campbell 27. Of course, at underscore Dylan Waugh. And we will talk to you next week.